All right, buddy, we are live. Welcome in. Latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braddon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And, of course, joined as always by Cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vowels on Twitter. What's up, yo, Tennessee Hover? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, long time no see. People wondering mm. if you're still associated with this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. Absolutely. You know, just been working out every day, uh, training for this marathon. No, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've really, I've, I've been kind of off the grid. I appreciate the time away, but uh, man, it was a wild one. Uh, we got to watch the NFL's final game, the Super Bowl. That was pretty cool. Uh, slash Usher concert, man, took me back. <laughs> When I was trying to sneak in all those clubs there in Knoxville, <laughs> just kidding. I didn't do that, but I did go to a few, and it did bring back some memories. So that was a pretty cool halftime show. Uh, but man, fantastic little football game too. It came down on the wire, and you know, just as the script writers had it dialed up, Kansas City <laughs> walks away, a champ. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, man, it's been so long since we've connected, Shane. I mean, we have an absolutely loaded show. I don't even know how we're going to get to all this news, Shane, but news all about the SEC. We've had some some coaches speak, so we got some comments coming up. We got uh, SEC returning production. We've got the debut over under win totals. We got, like I said, news and notes, a lot of coaching news, some player news, so much to get to. Are you ready to jump into it, brother? Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. All right. So I, I think the biggest one, Shane, happened. I think it was uh, right around Friday, thir- mm-hmm. late Thursday, Friday, Alabama, the offensive coordinator <laughs> came out here, went to this, uh, it was like a booster meeting. He said, I'm going to be your offensive coordinator. My name's Ryan Grubb. And then his ass was gone about 12 <laughs> hours later. But I, I think this is a blow. I, you know, I don't think this is devastating by any means, but I, I think this is a setback. Offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb leaves Alabama after uh, 30 days on the job. And he's taken the offensive line coach, Scott Huff, with him, Shane. So, remember, Washington, This is, when they hired the board, I said, hey, they got a hell of an offensive line. Ole yeah. Miss got two of their guys in the portal. I mean, they, these guys know what the hell they're doing when it comes to offensive line. They obviously know what they're doing. And, and the fact that Ryan Grubb, he's leaving to become the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator, just gives you an indication of what, you know, his reputation is in the in the world of coaching. You don't just get these NFL jobs easy. So mm-hmm. this is just the latest in, in the uh, offseason of dismay for Alabama. Shane, I'm not burying him because I, I like Caleb DeBoer, but we don't now he doesn't have an offensive line coach. Now he now he doesn't have an offensive coordinator. And I these are probably his two best coaches that he had on staff. So I don't know. What do you what do you make of this, Shane? Are you I know you were already down on Alabama. You, you, yeah. This this has got to further that. Well, yes. I mean, I'm not burying the program because of it. I mean, these guys are name brand because of what DeBoer did. You know, it's it's right. his track record that that put these guys in a hiring position to go to the NFL. So, so I'm I'm and and, if, and say what you want. You know, there's there's speculation that this was a done deal for several weeks behind the scenes. So I would imagine there's a head start on replacing, you know, if I'm, if I'm just an outsider looking in, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like they were sideswiped, but I think the fan base is a little sideswiped. You know, they've, it's been a, it's been a rough couple of weeks, Mike, for, for Bama fans, you know, obviously losing the great Nick Saban. And then now you're losing 60% of your roster. I don't know if that's the the, the number. I, that's the one I keep seeing floating around, you know, and, and now you're starting to see some of the coaching staff, and it's, and it's natural. It's just a common reaction to say, hey, the sky's falling, but – but look at the talent that's there, not just the players, but the coaching staff that's in place. I think Alabama's going to be fine. It's just they may have a little longer road than we thought, you know, initially. Right, and what Shane was alluding to, this uh, reporting from the Seattle Times, Shane, though the Seahawks had interest in Ryan Grubb from the start, one reason for waiting to make this hire official was to allow for the 30-day portal window for Alabama's players to enter to pass. So, I mean, this is 
This is dirty. I think it's dirty, Shane. If you, you, you're holding off. For, I mean, I, I don't think there's many Alabama players that are sitting here saying, well, I only will play for Ryan Grubb, who they just <laughs> met like three weeks ago. I, I don't think that's the case, but the fact that they, they waited to announce this, I don't know, feels a little dirty to me. What, what's your thoughts on that? That's college football, Mike. You know, I mean, I'm sure Bama fans are like, well, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you on your way out. Maybe it's not such a bad deal, you know. But but that's the game we play, and it's not so much for maybe the kids that are on that staff right now or on that team right now, but it's it's the recruits that they're in the the houses with right now, you know, and it's and it's used against them when you're saying, well, man, the coordinator's gone, the offensive line coach gone, you know, what is this program going to look? It's it's that negative recruiting. So they, I I get it, establish a little bit of a solid ground there right out of the gate. But uh, I'm not by no means panicking. But you know, I, I've seen people talk about Bama being a playoff contender next year, you know, and it's like. Well, let's pump the brakes on that too, you know. I'm, I'm not trying to put all that expectations on on DeBoard's first season. Right. And just something to consider, Shane. Grubb, the offensive coordinator, Kalen DeBoard, they've been together since uh, 2020 at Fresno State. So these, these guys have been, you know, working it up there in Washington for quite a while. And, and yeah. there's speculation, Shane, that the number one target, I don't know if this is true or not, but – could be Missouri's offensive coordinator, Kirby Moore, who did a hell of a job for the Tigers. He he worked, he was there at Fresno State under Kalen DeBoer, so there's a connection there. What uh what do you think? If if this that's their key target, should he go to Alabama? Should he come back from Missouri? Second year, Brady Cook, Luther Burden, some some key offensive linemen back for the Tigers. You know, I, I think the way you look at it as a as a coach is you know, I, I have to imagine he wants to be a head coach. So how yeah. do I get there quicker? Is it another, you know, Missouri wins 11 games next year. You got to think Kirby Moore is going to be right up there to win uh, or or earn a head coaching job. If he goes to Alabama, be offensive coordinator, he could do it too. But I don't know if that gets him any closer. What What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, w- I would say if this happened last year coming into the season, that's a no-brainer move. But now I, I think – you know, you, you talk about pressure down there in Tuscaloosa, brother. I think the pressure lies more on these coordinators than it does the head coach. We knew, you know, Nick Saban's no longer here, so there's there's naturally going to be a little bit of a, of, of a pullback, but that's where the blame game starts. And usually it's one of these coordinators say, well, damn, you know, well, that's what you get when you run shotgun on third down, you know. <laughs> and, and so I, I'm, I'm imagining that – you're really taking a gamble if you're leaving a position like 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 he's in right now, brother. If if Mizzou does exactly what we think they are capable of doing, th- th- he's got a head coaching job somewhere in the nation, wherever he wants to go. So you can get that from Mizzou, and that's why I think it would be a huge gamble uh, to 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 walk away from that situation, especially when you're looking at that roster with what they have, the schedule arguably the best wide receiver in the country. I mean, come on. I, I, I don't know if you want to take that chance down in Tuscaloosa right now. And I and, and trust me, brother, Alabama's not going to have any trouble hiring somebody. Right. But to, to go from a, a, a an ideal situation to a, to a question mark, I just don't see that happening. Right. He's here. This is going to be year two in the system. You got to feel like the players are going to be much more comfortable. There's going to be a boost there. They're going to be the strength yeah. of the Missouri football team. Whereas if you go to Alabama, you'll have elite players, no doubt. But it's you kind of start from scratch, and you're playing for a coach that is an offensive-minded guy. So how much are you going to even right. do what you want to do? And maybe Kalen DeBoer may say, well, that's that's great, Kirby, but you, we're going to do it my way. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know, something to consider there. Uh, one thing Alabama-related, Shane. And I've already seen it in the comments. People are like, why in the hell are we talking about a coach that walked away a month ago? <laughs> well, maybe because he's the greatest of all time. We'll never see one quite <laughs> like him. But Nick Saban joining College Game Day as an analyst, Shane, and it says yeah. he's going to be working the NFL draft, and he's going to be at SEC Media Days. So I, I get my real question, the, the only thing I really wanted to get your thoughts on on this, Shane, what are the odds after I started the decaying dynasty – and I went on national television, media day, said Saban's lost his fastball. 
What percent chance do you give us of landing Nick Saban at media days? <laughs> Slim and none. <laughs> let me let me reverse it on you, Mike. How long before Kirk Herbstreit is trying to find Nick Saban hiding somewhere in the building like he does Lee Corso? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I'm – I'm all for this. We knew this was going to happen. Uh, and, and it is awesome if, if they really use this tool because this is a guy, you know, I saw a, a, a video or a picture come out the other day of him uh, talking, I believe it was Larry Fitzgerald's uh, son. And, you know, it's just how captivated Larry was in this conversation. You know what I'm saying? And, and Nick Saban, say what you want. It, not only was it, is his performance speak for itself, but just the pure knowledge that he has on the game and walk, and just walking away from it. I mean, he'll know the ins and outs. So I'm, I'm really excited to see the content that, uh, that Nick puts out there. But I'll tell you right now, there is no damn way he is ever coming near our booth. He may flip you off as he walks by. The Kane Dynasty. <laughs> All right, Shay. Well, hey, moving on to Tennessee, we've got some coaching news here because running back coach Jerry Mack leaving the Vols for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is, you know, this is a growing theme. Shane, an assistant coach gets an NFL offer. They're they're running for the hills. They don't yeah. have to do recruiting. They don't have to do NIL. They don't have to recruit their own players. So, uh, again, th this is not by any means a black mark on, on Heupel's program. You're 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 across the board. You're going to see this in college football, but. He did a hell of a job with, with Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, uh, recruiting guys like Cam Seldon. So that, I think this is a blow to Tennessee, but it's not all bad, Shane, because Auburn tried to steal away, I think, Heupel's best assistant coach, Rodney Garner, defensive line coach. And Rodney's an Auburn grad, Shane, and he said, hell no, I'm staying on, on Rocky Top. So, yeah, hey, you win some, you lose some. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, I think – if you got to keep one of these guys, I think you'd rather keep – I mean, that's probably a, a poor way to say it, but I, I think a bigger loss would have been Rodney Gardner. Yeah, I do too. I, I really do. And you don't want to see any of them go, especially this late in the game here. But but it's tough, man. I mean, the NFL I, – I, I, I saw Cole, you know, he talked about that the other day. And, uh, you know, they, they're going to have to do something to – to make it easier, I, to make it easier on these college football coaches because they're looking at, hey, save money. I'm going to go up to the NFL and, like you said, not have to worry about half this bullshit. So I, I think at some point, you know, it's gonna they're going to have to clean it up or make it a little bit easier to navigate. So or, or we're just going to have guys leaving to the NFL whenever an opportunity comes open. Right, and then another one that left. This was pretty interesting, Shane. I I don't know. South Carolina fans, I've, I've seen some mixed reaction on this, but I think this is a tough one, Shane. Well, he was the receivers coach. They moved him to tight end a couple weeks ago. Justin Stepp, he said, you're moving me to tight end? I'm moving to Illinois. So he's going to go join <laughs> Brett Bielema's coaching staff. And I always thought he was a hell of a receivers coach, Shane. We saw Xavier Leggett break out this year. He's one of the best receivers in the mm -hmm. SEC. Two years ago, we saw Juice Wells be one of the best receivers in the SEC after transferring from the FCS level. He recruited guys like Traylon Burks, Andrew Armstrong, Trey Knox, and Mike Woods to Arkansas. So uh, coached up guys like Josh Van and Jaheim Bell at, at South Carolina. I mean, this mm -hmm. I think he's a hell of a, a assistant coach. And the fact that we got yet another one yeah. leaving South Carolina. Now, now they've lost a couple to, to become head coaches again. I don't think that's bad on Shane Beamer. That's what you want. You want your assistants to get better jobs. But when they're leaving for lateral positions to go coach at uh, Illinois, or you know, it's yeah, I, I, that's that's not great. But I, I think this has more to do with them moving him to tight ends coach when he's going to be receivers coach at Illinois. But not not a great sign, I don't think, for South Carolina here. No, an interesting sign. You know, I, I, I this is one I didn't see coming, and you know, it's it's easy to speculate because you see the path that was taken to get him to Illinois. So, right. you know, there, there may be something behind the scenes. I mean, say what you want. You may just not like working with somebody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's a reason you only have me on one day a week now, Mike, you know, because eventually <laughs> you just have enough because of shape. But I, I, I think maybe there, there could have been some of that in the background too, or maybe, I mean, you just don't know. Well, I, and again, I don't want to speculate uh, on that, but it is, it is a blow because, 
you have seen a track record of of creating, not creating, but maybe portraying uh, some of the better talent when you're looking at the receiver room that, that South Carolina, that's not what they were known for, but that's what they quickly become when right. he was there. Right. And then uh, how about this, Shane? I I can't believe it. I, I meant to tell you this off air, but you go in on the comments on these live shows. Yeah. The three fan bases that seemingly are, are the most represented currently, Texas, <laughs> Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. So, I mean, I mean the, these folks are fired up about football. Yeah. I, I'm going to give them reason to get even more fired up, Shane. Mike Elko, new Texas A&M coach, met with the media on uh, the traditional national signing. They, they had a nice one. They landed five-star Terry Boosie. We're going to get to more of that in just a minute. But I love this message from Mike Elko. There, I've heard a lot about how Jimbo Fisher – you know, I didn't do everything he should have done when it comes to the, the high school recruiting in the state of Texas that is so paramount to any coach's job in the state of Texas because of their outstanding high school coaches and high school football in the in the great state of Texas. Mike Elko was asked about it and, and his relationship with the coaches, and he says, hell, Shane, we're the flagship program in the state. Let's kick it over to Mike Elko. <laughs> And when you've gone across the state and to CHSCA and stuff, what, what's the reception been like? And what have they asked from you, or what do they want from Texas A and M? Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that they've asked. I think it's just more been me communicating on what we want to provide. I think, um, you know, we're the flagship program in this state, right? And and if we're one of those programs. There's a certain uh, relationship that we need to have with the high schools in this state, right? And a part of that, and I've said this to all of these guys, a part of it is recruiting for sure, but a part of it is is just being a resource for high school coaches in the state of Texas, right? And um, you know, it's it's part of our obligation to pay it forward everything that we've gotten that we can go out and we can talk to high school coaches and talk about X's and O's and develop young coaches and bring coaches out here in the spring and have them see practice. And I just think that's part of being one of the premier programs in your own state. You just, to me, that's what you have to do. And so that's been the message. I don't think it's necessarily been them asking of us. I just think it's been, um, you know, this is what we believe Texas A&M football should be about moving forward. All right, so you, you gotta love it, man. A guy gets there, your arch rival now, just went to the, just won their conference, went to the college football playoff. It's coming into your conference, and then Coach Elko says, "Well, this is the flagship over here." So, <laughs> what what do you say to that, Shade? Is is AM the flagship of the state of Texas right now? Oh man, well your coach is coming out like this. I love it, brother. <laughs> I mean, because there is always a big brother and a little brother. And and if you ask any of them, they're going to tell you that the other one is the little one. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. your head coach is coming out here talking about the flagship, the state's team. You know what I'm saying? This is what we like. This is what's going to make this game so much better. We, we've went way too long, Mike, without these two programs facing off to each other. But I cannot wait. It's going to be all offseason hatred, and I'm here for it, brother. Right, and I kind of alluded to it, Shane. The other thing that kind of stood out, I'm going to get to it in just a second, but uh, when Elko got the job, he said, hell, I had no relationship with Terry Bussey because he, he was at Duke. You know, this is a yeah. five-star Texas kid, number one athlete in the country. Look at these numbers, Shane. This is what Bussey did in high school. 95 passing touchdowns, 123 rushing touchdowns, nine receiving touchdowns, 325 tackles, 30 interceptions, eight pick sixes, and nine special teams touchdowns. So, <laughs> so basically – Wait, this, you sure you're reading – is that my stats? Are you – you got the right one? <laughs> I so, almost had an interception one game. That was pretty cool. It was slow motion, Mike. I would tell you real quick – Fat story because uh-huh. and and I and I'm going to say this right now. There needs to be big, more big guy touchdowns. They need well. to be involved at a younger age. Uh, you know, we we have feelings too. You know what I'm saying? And it's we don't want to just block and tackle, even though we're really good at it. I think every kid, every fat kid, should get get at least one run. You would think in four years at high school, you'd get one damn snap and one opportunity because nobody would have tackled me, Mike, because I wouldn't have went down because I knew I had that <laughs> one shot. You know what I'm saying? But at any rate, I, I, I was at Greenville. We were going to Greenville, and mm-hmm. it was like a movie, man. Somebody was running a slant. Of course, I got my ass 
kicked. I'm, I'm like three yards back behind the line of scrimmage. That's why I'm in the play. And all of a sudden, he gets hit, that ball goes up, and it's like a damn movie, Mike. And and I'm, I'm no, no joke. People have nightmares about sharks. People mm-hmm. have nightmares about gators. I have nightmares about this damn football and how close I was to catching it. And everyone is moving so fast around me, but it's moving slow, and it went right between my arms, man. That is how close I got to an interception. It was awesome. You should have been there. <laughs> so basically, you say all that to say you're the exact opposite of, and they're telling me in the comments, it's Bussy. Terry, you're the opposite of Terry Bussy, basically. Oh, yeah, I was just bus. You know? <laughs> there was no stats with me, man. <laughs> All right, so basically this kid can play anywhere, right? Shane, offense, yes. defense, special teams. Here's Elko on how they landed him and where he's going to start his career at A&M. Because, hell, he, this, I mean, this could be the next champ, Bailey, where he's all over the field. Hey, Mike, two for you. Uh, first, with Terry Bussey, how much work did you guys have to put in to, to get him to the finish line, because I understand he was committed, but when you guys got here, obviously the staff has changed over a lot. So I would imagine the relationships he established, a lot of them probably were with people who are no longer here. So how much effort did it take to kind of get that recruitment across the finish line? Yeah, I mean, a lot. I think when you're talking about a kid that's coveted by the country, um, who I didn't meet until I got hired, and, and a lot of the guys on this staff didn't meet until we got hired, um, you know, committed or not committed, you have a lot of work to do to get that kid and, and his support staff and everybody around him comfortable, um, you know, really no different than, than – uh, him or Ashton for that matter. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of people that go into it. There were certainly people on our staff, um, you know, Brian Gross, Armiento, Rohan Gaines, who had previous established relationships with him from their time here. Um, you know, it helped getting Holman Wiggins in, who had a relationship with him from his previous stop. And, um, you know, and then just others who, who didn't know him at all until we got hired here, but uh, understood the priority that he was and how important he was to, to get him and keeping him part of this class. And how exciting is it to guy, have a guy like Terry Bussey, who you mentioned using him in the return game, but you, could you also see him playing some receiver at some point? You know, I guess you don't want to put too much on his plate too fast. The idea that he could be going both ways for yeah, you know, and and you know, both ways all the time I think is hard. But when you have a kid that's as dynamic of an athlete as he is, um, we've got to find ways for him to impact the football game. And and I think that's kind of what we talked to him about through recruiting was you know we're going to utilize you in ways that you can impact the football game. And and obviously some of that will be in the return game. Some of that is in spot ways on offense. Uh, we anticipate it being in a large way at, on defense. Um, and then kind of see where it goes from there as he grows. All right, Shane. So that, that, that'll be the role for him. I mean, I can't wait to see him get on the field. We need some explosive plays there in A&M. But you know where they don't need help, Shane? But they're getting it anyway. That's in Athens. Come on now. They just landed uh, Stanford tight end, Shane Benjamin. I'm sure I'm going to butcher this. You're, you're oh sick. He, so he transferred after three seasons at Stanford. He's a tight end, 108 catches, 1,300 yards, five touchdowns in three seasons at Stanford. And, I mean, it's just a rich get richer, Shane. I mean, they're losing Brock Bowers. They got all these tight ends still on the on the roster. Oscar Delp, Lawson Lucky. Now they're getting this kid out of Stanford. I mean, good, good Lord. Good Lord, Shane. I mean, they're tight end you now. You know what? Well, that's, that's how you replace them. You know, you get three. So, <laughs> uh, I would imagine a lot of tight end love. That's a big part with Georgia, and, and, and it has been since Kirby. And, 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 you know, having a guy that is not just good at receiving but good at blocking, like you just don't know what he's going to do out there. So, yes, you've you kind of created that momentum, that tight end you, if you will. Uh, I love that. Right, and, and the dogs, Shane, I just thought this was fascinating. They just signed the number one class in the country, Shane. Mm-hmm. Their defensive back coach, Fran Brown, who now he's the Syracuse head coach, but he still gets credited for you know the recruiting class Georgia just signed. Yeah. 24-7 named him recruiter of the year. And then rivals turned around and named their defensive line coach, Trey Scott, recruiter of the year. So you got two recruiters <laughs> of the year on your staff here. And, oh, yeah, Kirby Smart, he's just the best – head coach recruiter there is in the country now with Nick Saban retired. So, I mean, that's how you end up with the number one recruiting class in the country. You know, you got all these elite recruiters down there. 
Yeah, but I mean, Mike, we say that just about every Georgia coach that rolls through there. Let's just tag them as recruiter of the year. Let's see that list, uh, you know, one year after a Q's play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, George is the product. Go, yeah, his break is yeah. going to go down at Syracuse, no doubt. You put my fat ass over there with a clipboard. I'm going to walk away recruiter of the year. <laughs> Well, you know who ain't going to be getting it, Shay? That's uh, Florida. They just hired, well, about a month ago, a, a new strength coach who it, it, you should be familiar with his name, Craig yeah. Fitzgerald, Shay. He was Jeremy Pruitt's strength coach at Tennessee. Well, after four weeks on the job, he's gone. He's he's off to Boston College, and this is the time of the year where the strength coach is paramount. This is the time of the year where the strength coach, he, he spends more times with the players than the actual head coach right now. So yeah. that. I think this is a tough blow for Florida. Uh, I thought it was a great hire to get Fitzgerald away from the NFL. He's worked with Bill O'Brien in the NFL and at Penn State. So this makes mm -hmm. some sense why he'd reconnect. But just a, a, a tough, tough look for Florida heading into a critical year here. Now now we, we lost our strength coach we just hired a damn month ago. Yeah, and again, I, when he was at Tennessee, I remember I was so damn happy. You know, I was pissed off that people kept trying to steal him from us. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he, he is a he is a, a great coach. And like you said, it's about the offseason. They are the eyes and ears for this staff when they can't be there. So, yeah, the work that's being put in now is that's when it, it comes to fruition late fall when you're two, three deep now all of a sudden because of injuries. It's, it's these guys that make that development. So this is a big blow for Florida. And then Billy Napier, Shane, on National Signing Day, too, he met with the media. And, I, again, it's always tough to to get something good from Billy. But I, I think I found I found a nugget here, Shane, so bear with me. They hired Ron Roberts. He was Auburn's defensive coordinator. I don't know what the hell Billy's on here, but but he, he always finds these creative titles for these guys, right? Executive coach of the defense is what they're calling Ron Roberts. He's not the coordinator. He's linebackers, <laughs> co-defensive coordinator, you know, executive coach of the defense. What the hell does that mean? You know, getting these guys and the coaching moves he made. And there's, I'm re very curious about this. So bear with me here. This is a kind of like a two-parter here for from Billy Napier. I have a relationship, mm -hmm. you know, past. How's that collaboration going to work? Yeah, it's been plays and doing sure. doing all that. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, you think about Ron Roberts and what he brings to the table. Um, veteran coach, been a head coach, been a coordinator, play caller. Uh, Austin and him, you know, there's a mentor-type relationship there um, and a ton of respect, mutual respect on both sides. So I think we get the wisdom, um, you know, this system and – there's a number of coaches. You guys obviously will write the story at some point, but this guy's mentored a million defensive coaches in his career, uh, some of which are coordinator play callers uh, in the NFL and college football. Um, so I think it's a positive because I think the system that we run, you know, Ron started that system at Louisiana the first two years we were there, kind of got it up and running. Uh, and then it's evolved, and the guys that have been running it worked for him in the past, right? So I think uh, whether that was Patrick Tony who took over, who's now in the National Football League, or Austin, Jay Bateman's in that tree of coaches. Um, so I, I think we get, you know, they call him the OG, the godfather, whatever you want to call him, right? We get him back in the building, and he's, uh, he's going to make us better, and he'll make the players better. Um, his guys have always been productive, the guys that he coaches and the units that he coaches. So there's a track record of playing really good defense, and we're fortunate to have him. To follow up on that, I don't think executive head coach is a title I've seen before. Is, is it, are there any specific new duties with that, or can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, head coach for the defense, um, you know, basically a guy who oversees – you know, that side of the ball to some degree. Austin obviously is the coordinator, calls the plays and runs the unit meetings. But we're getting a guy who can coach the coaches, who can approve the installation, the game plans that, you know, really can get the best of that side of the ball, essentially 
He's the head coach of the defense to some degree, you know. So, and I think the coordinator uh, relationship there is one that's, you know, those guys are, they're loving life right now, you know. So, um, they're both ball guys. And, and let me say, we've got Mike Peterson in that room, Will Harris in that room, Gerald Chapman in that room, you know. Uh, we promoted Callie James, who's a graduate assistant. He's kind of the assistant defensive line coach and is going to help us with the hybrid players. Um, it's a good room, and I think they're in a good place. <laughs> they're excited to work together. So here's my concern with this, Shane. When you got executive head coach of the defense, then you got defensive coordinator over here, your executive coach is like, I don't know what how old Ron Roberts is, but I think he's – you know, 50s, you know, maybe low 60s. And then you got your defensive coordinators, 29, 30 years old. What happens, God forbid, if, if the defense awful again like they were last year? I mean, there, there's going to be – this seems like it's set up for internal issues, doesn't it? No, there's no issues, Mike. It's already settled. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine this conversation like, Austin, hey, man, you're still the guy. <laughs> But you're going to have to run it through this guy. You know? <laughs> Don't come to me directly anymore. That's over. You're going to go through the executive. I mean, no. Oh, you mean the coordinator? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what just happened. Florida just hired a new defensive coordinator, but they just put a different title on it. So, yeah, that it's already a problem. Right. I, I mean, and, hey, I, I hope it works out for them because they need, they need something to be – excited about down there but uh, I, I just don't know about that one but uh, hey speaking of that shade something that that just was so bizarre we don't have to go on a deep dive on this but chip kelly head coach of ucla left to become yeah. offensive coordinator at ohio state i mean that is just so bizarre it's clear ohio state's all in on trying to win a national championship but how about this shane uh, credit david hale for for noting this here, but the hires, college football hires in 2018, these are the ones that like, these were the key jobs, right? I'm going to run down them. The best one was probably Chip Kelly at UCLA, and he literally just left for an offensive coordinator job in another, in the same conference. You know, UCLA's in that conference now. Scott Frost at Nebraska. Ugh. Jimbo at A&M. How'd that go? Willie Taggart at FSU. I don't think he made two years down there. Dan Mullen at Florida, that was probably, again, the most successful, but they ran his ass off. Chad Morris at Arkansas, baby. <laughs> Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State, they fired his ass after two years. Kevin Sumlin at Arizona, gone quick. Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, scandal. And then Herm Edwards at Arizona State, scandal. And what are those, all those that same cycle have in common, Shane? That was the beginning of the early signing period. That was the first time we did it. And I, I don't know. I think he killed most of these guys, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, that's one of the factors, of course, you know. But, yeah, no, this was, a, this was an interesting move. I mean, um, you know, again, we don't cover Ohio State, uh, nor should we. But and I'm just kind of – I'm curious. I mean, it's just – there's a reason. There, there's always a rhyme for reasons. And, and, and I don't know if maybe – Kelly's done, you know, like he, he wants to live the good life as a coordinator, make a couple of meal for an Ohio State team that's always going to be relevant. You know, you kind of look at that or does does Ryan go to the NFL one day and then maybe he's looking to, hey, let me be the next man on the, on the pole here. So I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I have no idea the reason for this move, but uh, honestly, I don't care either because <laughs> Ohio State's going to get their ass kicked by, you know, whatever SEC team they face this coming up season. Yep. All right, Chad. Hey, before we get to uh, the returning production, we've got the first over-under win totals for every SEC team next season, courtesy of FanDuel. So I'm just going to run through these. Brief. Maybe I'll, I'll just do one at a time, Shane, and you tell me right now, where are you leaning, over or under? How's that sound? Yeah. Are we going to do schedules too or – because that's going to be a common question. Like, wait, now can I see that? Uh, no. Okay. All no. right. I'll we'll, give you the quick version. We'll, yeah, we'll do a full on. We probably this is probably a full on podcast. Yeah. We're going to okay. Do it that way. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama nine and a half. Under. Oh, 
You hate Alabama. All right, <laughs> <laughs> they can't even hold on to a line coach for Christ's sake, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. Just right now, so much uncertainty. I just told you how good I think they'll be, but right. I mean that's still that's ten wins, Mike. That's 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 a playoff spot. So right. Oh, and, and always I should say this in case people don't know this regular season only doesn't count bowl games anything like that. Just regular season. Arkansas five and a half. Uh, I'm going to go five and a half. Boy, that's a good number. I'm going over. They're making Ooh. a bowl. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. making a bowl. How about Auburn? Seven and a half. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not on the, I'm sorry. I, I, it's not that I hate the whole state of Alabama, but I'm going under <laughs> right now. I, I, again, well, seven, seven and five, that'd be a improvement. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. It just depends. Is he going to coach the entire time or is he going to be focused on recruiting? I don't know. How about Florida? Shade five and a half. <laughs> Under. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, strength conditioning coach out. You know, I don't care how many executives you got in the, in the kitchen, Mike. You know, that's a tough menu they got to serve. Yep. All right. How about Georgia? Ten and a half. Uh, give me over. Give me over. Ooh, I think okay. revenge tour. This is legit revenge tour for the Bulldogs. They got one hell of a schedule. I know we're not doing schedules, but just something to think about. Mike, there. they got one hell of a quarterback. They got one yeah, hell of an yeah. offensive line. You know, they got <laughs> they got a lot of good stuff. Uh, they're they're laying in third string tight ends from you know that could start at any other <laughs> university. Yeah. All right, how about Kentucky? Shade six and a half. I'm going over, Mike. I, I'm I'm buying into Big Blue. I, I'm I'm. And that you're going to notice a, a, a pattern here, man. I, I don't know. Something about them, them Wildcats, I think a lot of people are uh, are sleeping on. Oh, and I'm sorry, Shane. I, I totally missed that in the notes section. I, I had this listed, but I forgot. So they hired an offensive coordinator, too, Bush Harmon from Boise State. He was the offensive coordinator there for one season. Before he was at Boise, he worked uh, under drink at Mizzou. He was uh, a receivers coach, I believe, running backs coach. He, he moved all over to the coaching staff, and Boise's points per game went up last season in his first year there. So uh, he's got some NFL ties. He's been all over the, the sport. He's a younger guy. So I, I like that hire for Kentucky. So you, you might be on to something there. Bush. <laughs> you can take the boy out of high school, but you can't take the high school out of the boy. Big Blue Bush, come on. <laughs> All right, how about LSU? This one was pretty interesting. Shay, nine and a half, over under. Ooh, I'm, I mean, under. Ooh, I think I, I agree with you, though. Yeah, that's close. I, I, I think Mike burnt me so bad on LSU last year. I was thinking they're going to win an <laughs> SEC championship. So now I'm more of a prove it mode right now. Yep. All right, how about Mississippi State, four and a half? <laughs> oh, God. Four and a half. Jeez, Louise. Are they located in Nashville, Tennessee? I don't think so. Give me the over. <laughs> All right, how about Missouri, Shane? Nine and a half. Over. You know oh, that. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> Easiest about, one on the board right there. Oklahoma, seven and a half. Mm, I, 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 I'm going over, man. I, I'm, I'm buying into the quarterback hype here, Mike. I, I know offensive line is is what everybody's afraid of, but Oklahoma still has a lot of talent on that roster. They are deep in areas that you're going to need in the SEC. So, yes, I think they catch a few teams off guard. So, uh, give me the over. How about Ole Miss, Shane? Nine and a half. Uh, you know, Mike, people say I hate Ole Miss. I don't hate Ole Miss, but – I don't know. Something about this story just sounds too good to be true. You know what I'm saying? So give me the under right now. Remember these you're are taking, Shane's you're putting picks. a lot of stock. Yeah. <laughs> you're putting a lot of stock into some players that just don't stay healthy. You know what right. I'm saying? That's true. Like, oh yeah, Juice, he's great. But how great was Juice last year? You know? So I am yep. just throwing that out there. Well, speaking of last year and Juice, South Carolina, five and a half. Oh. Poor South Carolina. Uh, push. Can they can they get five and a half exactly? Uh, now give me the. I want to say I'm going to give the edge to the over, but that's okay. a good line right there. That's a tough one. I would yeah. not put any money on that one. All right, I know where you're going with this one. Tennessee eight and a half. <laughs> oh, 
come on, in October. <laughs> so uh, they'll have that wrapped up. So give me uh, the over. All you right. know Nico's the quarterback, right? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> How about Texas? Ten and a half, Shane. Ten and same, a half. Same number as Georgia. I like their schedule, man. I'm going to go over because I think I think they did Texas right by this schedule here. So I think right now, 11 win ten, team is uh, very feasible. Okay, A and M eight and a half. A <laughs> and M. I'm going to get on the hot train, just not right now. I'm going under. I've been over for the last four years. It has bit <laughs> me in the ass. So at this moment, give me the under. Oh, they probably appreciate that, Shane. And yeah, then, <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> last and least, Vanderbilt, two and a half. That's embarrassing. An SEC team with two and a half, and I don't think they get it. Give me the under. <laughs> oh, no. I think this may be – this is setting up maybe for the worst Vanderbilt year we've ever witnessed. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. They might just stop the whole construction, just say, you know what? <laughs> We're done, 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 done. Let's just turn this thing into a convention center, you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, how about this, Shake? College football returning, SEC returning production for 2024. Mm -hmm. This is done by uh, Bill Connolly over at uh, ESPN. The the only critique, and I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a right way or wrong way, Shane, but he is factoring in incoming transfers as a returning mm -hmm. production. Where do you what what's your thoughts on that given that everybody's adding transfers but to me it's that's not really returning production I mean you're getting a product uh you know an experienced player I get it but I would not factor that that in w would you no because how many times have you you kind of banked on the kid being a a big piece of returning production and he never right. sees the field so no I think returning production should be if you wore that jersey last year and come back then you're returning Right, right. So it's not exactly the way I do it, but this is what we have to work with, Shane. Yep. And we're going to go – how do you want to do it first? You want to do overall? You want to do offense? You want to go do defense? I got it all listed here. Uh, let's do overall, man. Okay. The team you were just shit-dogged, Shane. <laughs> Leading the SEC, Texas A&M. How about that, Shane? 72% of the, of the production is returning – that's 18th nationally, Texas A&M leading the way. Does that change anything of your, your opinion on them? No, because this isn't returning. This is uh, very happy in the transfer portal, and you're praying to God some of these hit, which they will. Some of them will, but some of them won't. So I, I, there's just too many question marks floating around there. So I get it, but this, this number is very skewed because of that portal. Okay, how about number two, Shane? Texas, 70%. Returning production, I bet you like that. I do like that because, again, <laughs> how can you say over? Now, there is a lot of returning talent that is going to be impacting immediately, but I feel bad because I just said that the portal doesn't matter, but, you know, Texas also <laughs> went out there and got some dudes, you know what I'm saying, some proven dudes. So, um, yeah, this one, man, look at Texas, brother. They, they, may, they may have to run this whole thing, ain't they? Well, not if – Mizzou's got anything to say about it, Shane. 68% returning production. That's third in the SEC. This is one of the big reasons you were so high on Missouri last year. They rated number two on this list incredibly. Mm -hmm. They're number three now. So a ton of production, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, coming back for the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. Coming in, and that's why I was high on them. All that, especially the production on defense. You know, what was I know I just said do overall, but do you have their defense? I'm just curious. Yeah, their defense is pretty low, Shane. Ninth in the yeah. SEC. But their yeah. offense is number one. Well, I mean, that's we thought last year, like, hey man, the defense is gonna be good. We just need the offense to be okay. Now it's like flipped. We know the offense is good. We need that defense to be okay. And uh, if they are anything close to, to what they were last year, then that's why we're so high on Mizzou. Yep. Now, maybe here's something to sell with the Gators, Shane. They're also right there at 68% total production returning, fourth best in the SEC. Is that enough to convince you that the Gators could be on the rise here? You know, Florida's a tricky team, Mike. I, I really do. It's You remember how I was telling you about Ole Miss and how I thought, hey, this story looks too good to be true? 
Florida's like the opposite of that. It's like you're 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 reading a a, a nightmare movie, you know, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden you realize that hey man, they got they got something here, and and maybe that's what they need. They need to have the entire world against them and, and to galvanize that locker room because you do that with returning talent. These guys are all bought in. They could have left, but they came back. They want they got something to prove. So, yeah, I, I, Florida's is a team that I'm not going to ever gamble on. I mean, naturally, I, the 13 miles is a telltale <laughs> sign there. But but it, I, I'm not going to put any money on them right now either because I, I they're dangerous, man. You got a cornered dog that, you know, you never know what's going to happen. He may attack you. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm steer clear of Florida Gators, but returning talent's a big piece for them to, to, to right this wrong. Now, to haunt us all, Shane, Georgia's fifth on the list, 65%. <laughs> My goodness, Shade. I'd be to be top five in returning production in the SEC. Maybe this is why everybody's so high on Texas and Georgia. And rightfully so, Mike. It, it wasn't like, and it's who they brought back. You know, it, it, they're bringing back, like we talked about, the best quarterback in the country. Some say the best running back. If you if you factor in uh, what <laughs> what 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 he did down in Florida, you know what I'm saying. So I mean. This is a this is a team that's got a lot of returning talent, and it's going to be noticeable because they're – and that's why they always hit the ground running because they just reload. So, And a lot of this guy, this returning talent Georgia has, played starting positions last year, you know? Right. And then uh, number six, Shane, Auburn, 65% total returning production, but coaching the, you know, the coaching staff has been blown up, so I don't even know – I mean, you want the experience, but – they're not going to be experienced in the schemes they're running next year. That's it, man. Again, a lot of question marks, a lot of uncertainties, you know, and new kids in the system. So I, I, I'm a little leery of this returning talent, but, you know, they need it. They need the bodies. That's what got them, you know, sometimes last year was just that competitive depth. Mm-hmm. All right, at South Carolina next, 63% returning production. So there's something here in the top half of the SEC that – if nothing else, that gives you some some reason for optimism in Columbia. They need it, Mike. They need it. You know what I'm saying? South Carolina needs all the optimism they can get right now because they're looking at a tough schedule again. They're looking at a new roster again and a coaching staff that's are leaving in the middle of the night to Illinois. You know, so <laughs> yes, the return production for South Carolina is 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 pivotal. But you know, again. Is it good talent? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of question marks with the – because they got some dudes. They got some names out there. I think they were one of the most active teams during this transfer portal. And if you believe in what you've got in out there, then you'll be fine. But if half of that doesn't hit, then you're in trouble. How about the, these comments here, Shane, from UT Parking? He says, Auburn is a low-key SEC contender, in my opinion – and then Green Wave says, yeah, contender to go six and six. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. It. All right, uh, next on number eight, Shane. LSU, 63% returning production. But, uh, you know, the production they lost, Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Two elite receivers. I, I, I'm a little concerned about, uh, you know, even if we do rank pretty high on defense returning, Defense was was just got awful last year. Well, and some were injured. You know, I think one thing too about about LSU is is he's shown that he can do it with not returning talent. You know what I'm saying? So it, it I get it. You want to be a higher number here, but you know, coaches has proven two years in a row that he doesn't need that return talent to be productive. Mm-hmm. All right, next on the list, Oklahoma. Shane, sixty two percent. Returning and they're going to need it because uh, you know while 62 is a solid number, there are obviously positions where they're not returning: offensive line, quarterback. This is uh, those those pieces are going to need everyone else around them to elevate their game coming into the SEC. Yeah, and and you could sit there and argue quarterback because. I think they've got their guy, you know what I'm saying? And and returning talent, I think there was a little bit of a cleaning house, you know, buying in. You, this is a new chapter for Oklahoma, and, and these kids that are that stuck around will be dialed in, and this will be the launching pad they need to, to be relevant in the SEC. 
Now, this one stunned me, Shane. I didn't realize, again, I maybe I got to restudy this damn formula here, Shane, but Ole Miss, 10th, 61%, considering they're bringing back Jackson Dart. All the receivers are adding some of their own, bringing a ton of linemen back, but that's pretty low for a team with so much hype. Ole Miss Rebels, just 61% returning production. Yeah, it is a little low, but, you know, when you think of some of the Ole Miss teams in the past, there's a reason people are so high on them right now because what they did bring back was very productive. You know, I think you could argue one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the SEC. Uh, you could you, you got rid of – you lost your running back, but you reloaded that wide receiver room on top of returning talent. So, yeah, this, this is – I don't think anybody's losing sleep if you're an Ole Miss fan, you know what I'm saying, with this right. production number. Now, next up is Vanderbilt, Shane, at 60%. And, again, that that's stunning to me considering they lost uh, every quarterback they have, <laughs> virtually every receiver they've had. Uh, they, they got hit pretty hard, some key defenders gone. But uh, Vanderbilt, 60% returning. Yeah, all special teams. Can you believe that? <laughs> hell, hell of a punt room they got there, Mike. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I'm not shitting on Vanderbilt. Because I get it. If you're a fan, if you're listening to that SEC podcast in February so that you can hear news about the Vanderbilt Commodores, you're you're the most diehard fan that is out there, and you deserve your own room. You know, you deserve to be lifted up on a pedestal and, and, and petted every now and then. It's just I, I can't because I am so down on Vanderbilt right now, and it's embarrassing that the talent – because you've had talent come through there. You've let them go, but – all of a sudden, you can't find money. You can't find it in NIL. You can't find it, you know. It's just, it blows my mind how much money is circulating down there in Nashville, and it seems like this is the only team that doesn't get a piece of it. Right. Well, Tennessee, maybe they they need some help here, Shane. 52% returning production, 12th in the SEC. That, that was another number that's stunning to me. But then I, you know, you look at it, Shane, Obviously, quarterbacks changing over, but I think most will agree that they're probably upgraded there. And they're losing, they lost two really good running backs, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small. But who was it that every Tennessee fan says, well, by God, we need to be giving Dylan Sampson the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's almost like you're losing some some key contributors, but at the same time, it's almost like you feel like you've upgraded in talent. It's it's kind of weird to to think about it like that. But uh, And they did lose everybody in the defensive secondary. But, again, that was arguably Tennessee's biggest weakness. So <laughs> is that a loss? I, I don't know. But Tennessee sitting here at 94th nationally in returning production. What do you make of that? Yeah, we lost a lot of receivers in that secondary, Mike. You know, so cleaning, <laughs> cleaning house, that's what this is. This is a new chapter, and I think that's why Tennessee fans – they're not looking at this number and saying, well, shit, we're, we're starting over. Well, we kind of are in some areas, but like you said, there's more optimism. We, it's like we knew what the ceiling was at, with some of these kids. And mm -hmm. this, new, this new group that's coming in, it's like, hey, man, that we don't. We don't know the limitations that they'll have. And, and who knows, they may be the ones that take us to the promised land. So we know it's going to take some time, but I think Tennessee fans are, aren't, aren't, you know, upset that they don't have more returning talent. Mm -hmm. Now, how about Kentucky, though, Shane? Only 49% returning production. That ranks 102nd nationally. This is uh, kind of a big reason why I'm kind of a little pessimistic, I guess you could say, about Kentucky. I'm just not quite sure what to make of their offense. And now we've got a new coordinator, so that that hurts, too, with a new quarterback and all. But Kentucky sitting here at just 49% returning production. I, again, similar to Tennessee, almost identical to Tennessee. I think it's, it's just time for a new new chapter, and because what's we've tried the last couple of years didn't work, so a clean break is not a bad thing here. So what what you were able to bring back, you know, you, you talk about key, you talk about Brown. I mean, you you got some talent coming back on that def defensive side. You know, you got some dudes there that you can build around. So I'm I'm not panicking. Now, where they are panicking, Shane, Arkansas, 46%. That's 109th nationally returning production. Of course, Sam Pittman and company, they've, they've been managed managed to work the portal really, really well. 
basically his entire tenure there. So I guess what you're kind of hoping for is they're able to, to duplicate that, but losing KJ Jefferson, losing Rocket Sanders, you knew these numbers, you know, they were, they were going to be pretty far down the list and they're, they're 14th in the SEC. Yeah. I mean, a lot of change, a lot of change down there in Arkansas and, and, and probably need to change, you know, it, the de- definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different <laughs> results. And it, and it felt like that's what we kept trying to do last year. So yeah, I, I hate seeing KJ leave. I hate seeing rocket leave, you know, I hate because that was when I think of Arkansas, I always thought of returning talent, you know, some of these guys sticking it out, you know, being those fifth year seniors and building it from within. And and it feels like we lost a little bit of that here the last couple of seasons. So maybe this new crew is, is, is exactly what they need is a, is a new face in that locker room. Right. And I think you could kind of look ahead, Shane, to playing a lot of youth, playing a lot of young guys, but if they can, exceed expectations and show promise then that's goes back to what you're saying then you're looking ahead to 2025 and saying man we got a lot of pieces coming back right maybe, maybe that's a year we make the run i mean i i think that's that's the most optimistic outlook i think you get you can have if you're a razorback yeah yeah just a a new chapter mike and, and if they do let's say exceed expectations like you said the next portal class that opens up you're filling in pieces, you know, it's similar to like Missouri, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of people last year looking at that roster and saying, Hey, I'd like to have Schrader and I'd like to have this guy and that, you know, it's like once they hit started getting successful as a unit, you know, then it was like, damn, you know, this team's loaded, you know, (laughs) we, we, we need to go to the portal and and take this (laughs) offensive line. You know, we need to go to the portal and get this guy. So I, I I think that's where Arkansas could be, but it, they got to take that first step forward and, and returning product. It's these guys that are on the roster right there. They have got to take over that locker room and and make this about the family than the fan base. Mm -hmm. Now here's where all you Alabama haters like cousin Shane are rejoicing. Alabama 15th in the (laughs) SEC. Returning production, 115th nationally, Shane, just 44% returning production. And when you hear numbers like that, you understand why some people are, you know, picking the under for Alabama, thinking of yeah. a, a step back's coming from uh, after losing, of course, Nick Saban. So I I, th- I think it's fair to question what Alabama's going to be right now. Yeah, and, and they're in a weird spot, Mike. They are in a weird spot, and you got to get used to it. People are going to be on you because you've been on top of that mountain for so damn long, Mike. I'll never forget when when Urban Meyer left Florida. You know that the the best thing that could happen was the the coach carousel. That's what we want. We want them to keep looking for a new coach every three to four years because we know if they find their guys. Florida Gators are back. You know what I'm saying? They're sitting right. there top five every season, and they're going to be a, a, a step that you have to cross to get to a college football playoff or championship. Alabama's the same way. They they took a couple of steps down, but now they're at a fork in the road. They have to decide, are they always going to remain at the top, a top dog in the SEC, or are they going to come down a few more pegs and we're looking for a new coach in three to four years? So everyone <laughs> is hoping that's what happens. And returning talent, who cares, man? The returning talent that you do have – a lot of teams would kill for, you know, you're talking about some of these other teams that have 60, 70% returning. They trade them all right now for what Alabama has coming back. So um, I'm not sweating this, but it's, it is kind of fun. I ain't going to lie. It's kind of fun to watch them (laughs) scramble a little bit. (laughs) And this is why I'm kind of down on Mississippi state till we see what these coaches can do in their new position. Shane at Mississippi state, number 16th, 41%. 41%. That's 122nd nationally in returning production. So, but you could easily spin it the other way, Shane, and say, well, based on what we saw from Mississippi State last year, I'm kind of happy to, to start with a fresh slate. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be some names pop off that you didn't even know that, that weren't a household name. Libby and them, they'll, they'll find a way. To, to make that's what's going to be so cool. I, I love listening to you and Steve talk the other day, you know, and, and just the the excitement of Mississippi State, even though they're four and a half 
on win-loss total. That's where they're at in Vegas. But by God, there's going to be a handful of those games that are going to come down the wire, and you're going to watch 50 points be scored. They may lose it. <laughs> But at least it will be fun. And I think that's what Mississippi State needs. They need to be entertaining, be relevant. And uh, I'm excited about their next chapter as well. Right. And then real quick, Shane, I'll do uh, offensive returning production. You let me know uh, when I'm done with this, anything stands out. But Missouri, number one, 79% returning production on offense. So Missouri, they should be one hell of an offense. Texas A&M's number two, Shane. So it's going to be curious to see what the Aggies look like with all that talent on offense coming back. Georgia's number three, 76%. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, everybody. Slowing down them dogs. Auburn, number four on the list, 74%. Texas, right there with them, 74%. So tied with Auburn. Ole Miss, number six. Florida, number seven. LSU, eight. Bama, number nine. Vanderbilt, 10. Mississippi State, 11. South Carolina, 12. Arkansas 13, Tennessee 14, Kentucky 15, and Oklahoma all the way down to 16, Shane. So total rebuild on the offensive side of the football for them Oklahoma Sooners. But they do got some nice pieces with a young quarterback, Jackson Arnold, Nick Anderson, star receiver. So it's not completely barren over there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Oklahoma's – we'll get to their defense in just a second. But – you know, total rebuild going into the SEC on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the one that really stood out to me was Georgia Bulldogs. And, and I think part of the reason why they did not make that top four was year, this year was because there wasn't the big games. You know what I'm saying? There was some close <laughs> matchups between Auburn and stuff. I would expect uh, on this revenge tour, Mike, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's February, expect this offense to hit the ground running. They are going to murder football teams this coming up season. <laughs> Absolutely murder. Because they don't want to walk away from a game saying, well, is Georgia the number one team in the – no, Kirby <laughs> is going to let you know. And I think that starts with Mike Bobo, this returning offensive talent. They're going to be that's, – that's the biggest one that stands out to me is, is them, those guys are going to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. All right, how about returning defensive production, Shane? Oklahoma, we're leading the way here, 79%. So, maybe we got a lockdown D coming into the SEC. South Carolina, you're number two. LSU, number three. A&M, four. Texas and Florida tied at, at five, 66% returning. Vanderbilt, number seven. Tennessee, eight. Missouri, nine. Auburn, 10. Georgia, 11. Kentucky, 12. Ole Miss, 13. Arkansas, 14. Alabama, 15. Oh, that hurts my heart. And then 16, Mississippi State once again at the bottom of the list here. Any, anything stand out about the defensive returning production in the SEC? Uh, A&M. I, I think that, again, I knew it's going to be high just because they're overall, but 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 that's one that, that kind of stood out to me. I thought at times was one of their, their strongest – you know, sides of, of, of the football, if you will, last year. And I don't know. I, there's something to be said about it because this year, when you're looking at teams like Mississippi State, Tennessee, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have a terrible defense. I, I, I mean, statistically, at the end of the season because of the way they run their offense. But teams that don't run it that way, you're really going to need that defense to stand. So uh, I, I'm looking at you, Oklahoma. I'm looking at you, uh, Texas. I'm looking – or not so much Texas, but uh, but definitely Texas A&M. I, I think that's very interesting on, on if I'm looking for returning production because I did not see those numbers coming, even right. with the transfer portal. Yep. Well, buddy, hey, we went over an hour plus here, just loaded SEC show in the middle of February, a day after the Super Bowl, nursing a hangover. You got anything <laughs> else, brother, before we jump off the line? Do we not have – I should have put Taylor Swift somewhere in the background here <laughs> so you can see what she's doing. But, uh, no, I, I, I tell you, I, I, it's sad. I mean, I hate I hate when football's over, you know what I'm saying? And, and we're, we're starting to get crank up list season. We've already started, Mike. But uh, I will tell you, what's getting me through – the work week is you, you and and all the work that you put in, the the guests that you've had lined up. There's been some great ones, and if you're not on the YouTube, 
What you doing? What are you doing with your life? Get on there, subscribe, hit the notifications. Uh, the, when we go live, you'll you'll know what's going on. But I just want to thank you again because in the off season, Mike has found a way to get content out every single day, so that drive doesn't suck as bad as it usually does. <laughs> yeah, we got a number of guests lined up for this week, Shane, including. A first-timer, big-name guest coming up on the next episode. So be locked and loaded. Lots of content coming your way. Still working hard to get some uh, in-studio guests. There's going to be more of those coming. Uh, we got a couple on the books. They're going to be those are going to be coming out in a little while here as well. So hey, football slowing down, but the show ain't slowing down. As long as we got something to talk about, as long as we continue to give you great content, we're going to do it. But Hey, that's all I got, buddy. I appreciate you, as always, for joining me. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you, guys. Go balls. Man, I should have had one rush touchdown, Mike. One rush touchdown. <laughs> hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves the that SEC podcast, Hail State.